Welcome to the last podcast episode of 2017. It's so weird. Like, this this year's flown by. Yeah. Uh, a lot's happened. A lot was learned. Still talking about nothing. But a lot's been learned. Uh, hopefully you guys have enjoyed it, too. Uh, of course, I'm just kind of rambling at this point. If you don't know, it's the guy that started as the favorite uncle at the cookout. Still the favorite uncle. But I'm invited, always. Plus, I kind of run this podcast now. So, <laughs> so instead of taking the food, you make the food this time. No, I don't have to bring anything. We still gotta help prep. You eh. <laughs> <laughs> still gotta help prep. I show up and I'm the man of the hour, even though it's not my party. Still have to help prep. We'll see about that. Uh, so we got a full table. Uh, like I said, my name is Matt. Thanks for joining us. And to my left. Yep, I guess it is to your left. Um, the Rev is here. Um, Phil and, you know. Rev's Corner. Yeah, I need to get back <laughs> on that. Oh, man, I've been so busy. Uh, maybe at the beginning of the next year. Rev's Corner makes a return. Yeah, a little teaser. <laughs> Good boy. Uh, what's up, guys? Rafiki here. Excited to get this last episode cracking. Uh, got a, quite a bit to talk about. Got quite a bit to hash out, but uh, we'll be good. We'll make this as good as the other ones, hopefully, or maybe not. You, maybe you might be disappointed, but we don't care. We talk about nothing. So, anyways, last but not least, he's been on. He hasn't been on in quite a while, but it's good to have him back, Mr. Brian Sharpton. AKA Sharp Accountant now, I guess is what we have yeah. uh, dubbed you in the background. Yeah, we realized, <laughs> we realized the last one, the last nickname we gave him might be marginally offensive to some. <laughs> it got the part not so much. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was either you or Tim who said yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Which. So the Sharp Accountant is back with us. It's good to have you back, Brian. It's good to be back. It has been a while. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, like Rafiki said, we have a pretty stacked lineup coming at you today. There's a lot happening. Uh, Jump Festa is did go on. <laughs> yeah, by the time this is posted, it will have come and gone. Yeah, uh, but it's currently happening as we're recording this. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that later. Uh, but first. How's your guys' week? Mm. Brian, you want to kick us off? Sure. Um, my week was pretty standard for me. Work and um, relaxing when I get the chance. Played a lot of Battlefield with some of my friends on Xbox. So that's pretty much been it. I think next week will... Well, next week will probably be another standard week. And then after that, I'll only work like two days that next week. <laughs> so... Yeah, that's good. Holiday yeah. season. Yeah. Um, my week hasn't been too bad. It's kind of one of those things like I'm trying to figure out like what exactly I did because working in that warehouse, my weeks have kind of blended together. I'm just kind of like, 
Well, I, it, you know, I just know the start of the week and I know the end of the week at this point. Like, <laughs> that's how it's become. So, um, nope, just parties, Christmas parties. A particular person has graduated with his education. Uh, so he's not here. Let's talk about you, fool. Oh. You have, okay. Didn't you have a party? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 did, I did process that part. <laughs> like, like, he's not here. Because, I don't know, we mentioned last week that, yes, I am also graduating. Yeah. You had a party. Yeah. Mookie didn't. He did not. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and then Christmas party, like I said, too, as well. So, those were the two main things, at least to start off the weekend. And not much during the week. So, Lazy. Rev. Uh, work. <clears throat> so, somebody quit yesterday. <laughs> Apparently, like, I went to lunch, came back, and they were clearing his desk. So, that's strange. Um, <laughs> no two weeks or anything. Just, like, this wasn't for me. Um, Was this a new hire? Yes. Or? Two weeks. Oh. <laughs> Actually, that's just as bad because I'm in a warehouse and it's uh, package handling and someone came and like one full week before is training, all training You're in a classroom. Your second full week is on the floor. Half like we weren't even like an hour into Friday and they were like, yeah, my arms hurt and just picked up the coat and walked. That was it. <laughs> See what I'm saying? <laughs> it, it really be your own voice. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, yep, yeah, the graduation party yesterday, so. Yeah, Mateo, yours. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I was like, is Mateo saying he's not here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, so my week has been kind of uneventful for the kind of week it's supposed to be. Just winding down with school, um, ceremony this weekend, and it, I don't know. We'll see what happens. It should be fun. Uh, friends coming into town, like I said, grad party. Um, yeah, also... We won't be on the podcast next weekend, but my birthday's coming up. It's actually on Saturday. so A week from today's recording. Yeah. So, remember, December 23rd, Saturday. Follow your boy on all the Instagrams. All, all the Instagrams? All the Instagrams. At Matt underscore Ogut. I, I can just watch you process as you said it. Like, <laughs> I have to stick with this now. <laughs> I can't change it. <laughs> gotta roll with it yeah all the social media especially instagram uh at matt underscore ogutu is it is that like too self-righteous to like throw your own like birthday shout out out there just go on there and say happy birthday i appreciate all of you at this point we can do whatever we want this is also true this is the show about nothing uh but anyways let's hop to it so, as you know, we are strong advocates that My Hero Academia is easily top three anime of this current generation. Yes. Easily. Agreed. 
<laughs> and season two was phenomenal. Like, they couldn't even wait for season two to be over. It was like, oh, it's already coming back for season three. <laughs> well, they just dropped the trailer for season three yesterday, actually. So it would have been Friday. They dropped the trailer for season three. <clears throat> and if you guys don't read the manga for My Hero oh, Academia, my like, this is literally going to be the craziest that it gets. Like, everything. So everything up until the Hero Killer arc has been marginally, not like happy-go-lucky, but it's been generally light. Oh, it gets so much darker after that. And it's so great. It's such a big contrast. And it really just gives you a darker perspective of, like, the hero work. Yes. And they they really go through some trials. And I can, like, confidently say this because Mookie's not with us to be, like, glaring at me because I accidentally spoiled it for him. <laughs> And that was funny, too. <laughs> was so funny. You were here that day, weren't you, Rep? Oh, God. I, I said so it so funny. casually because everyone else in the room had already read up to that point. Yep. He was the only person. See, he, does, he doesn't read like the rest of us. Like, he doesn't. And I'm not much of a reader. Like, I'll be honest. But when it, when it comes to good stories like that, I will I will read ahead. I want to know what's going on. I want to keep up. But he doesn't. So that's his own fault. He yeah. knows that we all read. So Yeah. So, yeah, that's on him. I have no remorse. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so it's it's going to get really good, this arc. Um, so if you haven't watched it or you've been hearing people like us or your friends talking about it, seriously, just, like, take a day off from work, just sit home, watch season one and season two. You may not be able to fill all of it in there, but you can try. And then finish that. and then read the manga. Yeah, then read it. Because you'll you will not be disappointed because then it'll just make you that much more like I this that's one thing I enjoy about reading personally is because when you read it you get to, you first of all they kind of give you that panel of what's happening but to get to mentally visualize it and then see how you visualize it to come out on the screen is sometimes it can be the dopest things and sometimes it just blows you out of the water you're like what happened like what am I watching this is this is gorgeous like right. this is the most gorgeous thing I have ever watched in my life so um, especially no lie Todoroki versus Midoriya like I remember visualizing that fight and it just which I, I, honestly for that show became an instant classic and might stand if it stand it will probably stand the test of time and become a classic fight in anime Period. Because there was so much character development in such a single battle that, like, I don't think we've seen too many shows do both at the same time like, so well. Like, when was the last time you remember a show doing something like that? <clears throat> Where character development and well, a fight like, happening. Just kind of, like, on that grandiose of a scale. Um, not necessarily on that grandiose of a scale, but remember, like, Dragon Ball Super broke the anime part of the internet. Yeah. So, like, to have a fight that epic. So, we've had one recently. recently. I'm um, talking, like, before. Before that, oh, man. Like, uh, I mean, we're looking at some more, like, oh, man, if we even go older. Like, there were some dope fights, even in uh, Yu Yu Hakusho, which yeah. we're going to get to a little bit later. Um, there were some really, really dope fights in Naruto. Whether, I was you just know, thinking, like, the, the Gara fight. Yeah, Gara Rock Lee fight, which that is. Well, like the Gara Naruto yeah. fight. Gara Gara Naruto. Where it was like characterization of Gara in this fight with like doing. Like, and even though it wasn't as flashy, also like Naruto and Neji. Yes. 
Yeah. yeah. But I would say of those three, honestly, the most iconic, though, is Gara Rock Lee because yes. you learn a lot about Rock Lee. Like, it's not that we didn't know anything before. Yeah. It's but just, it's just really, kind of like, like, wait a minute. This guy's actually kind of nice. Yeah. It, it, so, <laughs> so uh, and then there were some epic moments in Bleach, like, honestly, mm. as, as much as that show has fallen off over the years, there are some iconic battles that people remember that have actually watched. Um, so, like, honestly, like, Mookie... Mookie may have only watched like a handful of episodes, but the one fight he always goes to, uh, Ichigo versus Grim Zhao. The third not only that, but <laughs> not only that fight. Um, if we go even really, really early, one of the fights that I remember very well was uh, Kempachi versus mm-hmm. Ichigo. That's iconic. You know what I'm saying? So. Um, that, that entire arc, Ichigo versus Renji. Like, it was <laughs> so. Ichigo versus Mem- uh, That was iconic, too. So there were just, if you sit back and really look at it, there are iconic fights. But for this generation, for sure, that is one of them. But I think it will stand the test of time and will be talked about like we are talking about some of these. Yeah. Um, Even for it being this early in a show, which is almost unheard of. Because uh, some of those other ones, I mean, uh, like Naruto was that wasn't till Rock Gara Rock Lee wasn't till season two, season three. three. I think it's three. Yeah, I think it was three. Um, the rescue Rukia arc was season three, right? That was late two, two, late two, early three. Because by the end of three, they were done. Because remember, in in the DVD, that's when the Bounto arc starts. This is season four. Season four, season five, I believe. Yeah, season four. So it's somewhere muddied in there. I think late two, but I think it's in three. But it could be late two. Um, but uh, and then uh, what did I say for Yu Yu Hakusho? I don't think I picked uh, a particular yeah, Tagoro arc, but that was two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was dark like tur- late dark tournament. Dark, dark tournament as a whole, but that was like late two. Um, but yeah, actually. Togura, so I'm actually watching it. The Togura arc, I believe, when he fights him, is season beginning of season three, because the dark tournament is like. So the dark tournament starts at like the end of season one, and like goes to like the beginning of season three. Okay. Yeah, they kind of. Like- so the most iconic fight is the beginning of three. So. It, it so, but it's been a while since that moment since we've gotten early battles that were like, yo, that's that's dope. So it just goes to show like, they're 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 working with something here. They're like, working. And with something. honestly, yeah, I I'd agree with you on pretty much everything <laughs> you said about that. But I just it's so hard because like we we're reading it and there's like so many dope moments that are gonna be so mm-hmm. centralized and uh, whenever people are looking back and talking about My Hero Academia it's like oh do you remember this moment or do you remember this moment or do you remember this moment ah. so there's lots of great stuff happening so seriously uh, we're excited for season 3 you guys should check it out if you haven't already uh, but also they do have a movie announced for 2018 I don't think there's a lot of information out on it right now well 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 Oh yeah, my hero. I thought you were yeah. down the list. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. My hero. For the my hero movie. So summer of twenty eighteen. Um, so yeah, not a lot of information is out that we know about. They just announced it. Uh, they did actually uh, also release some art for it. Uh, it looks pretty dope. Uh, one of the interesting things is. By the way, 
Did uh, do you know any of the information as to what's happening with the movie? Mm-mm. So this is what I found out in doing a little bit of digging. It is going to deal with a character that we've not dealt with yet in the anime or in the manga yet. That so, would make sense because like when you're looking, I was probably going to hop to that natural question because when you're looking at the key art, you see a lot of the students from class 1A, but there's one person in particular. So what they're doing is they have their backs like facing you. Mm. It's like they're walking away. But so Midori is obviously like the closest to you. There's a character next to him who's a blonde. And I like for the top of my head, I can't think of anyone in class 1A that is a blonde. Yeah. So uh, that's if I don't know if that's supposed to be her or if they're just throwing that in there just because they want to throw that in there. They could. It it could be um, I'm not going to say it's a misdirect. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything, usually when art goes up, there's always a particular reason for it. Um, so we're going to see that girl in some capacity. Mm-hmm. We're talking um, about what's her name? Wait, what? What, the girl with the blonde hair? Yes. Well, I don't remember her name. They didn't show remember. face, so I can't they remember. They showed uh, from League of Villains, girl? No, 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 no. Like, they've, they've, they've dived into her backstory a little bit. Yes. So you know, like, you already know about her. It's hard to judge, so I don't know if she's a part of the hero class. She's definitely not in 1A. I don't don't know if she's in 1B. It could be, because there are characters in 1B that they've started Mm -hmm. bringing up, um, making more, a little more relevant. Tetsu, Tetsu. (laughs) 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 But, um... And there's also that guy who always gets, he always is overly uh, hostile. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, so super excited for that. Uh, who do you guys think they're talking about? Did you see the key art? And if you happen to know who you think the character is, go ahead and let us know. So uh, this this will tie into, we'll, and we'll talk about it a little more later, but I think when you said my hero definitely the anime one of the big three animes of this current generation guys like process this we're in third like third season has been announced we're getting a movie and later we're going to talk about it but we're getting a game what what other animes are doing that right now like honestly that have been around as short as it has been three seasons a movie and a game I was like, about you how? six seasons in the movie. I think the last anime to do something like that was Naruto. Mm-hmm. But by, it's been by, so long. Like, by like season three, season four, we had like two or three games. Yeah, actually. <laughs> yeah we actually did. I remember I had uh, like the PlayStation 2, the second one. On the but remember, like, it also, like, with that, it started in Japan, like, a, a good sure. while before coming here, so it had a chance to build its popularity. Granted, while my hero has kind of been in both places simultaneously, you know, so uh, and, and that's obviously a test to the internet, what the internet can do for for anything. So, um, and not to mention like the awesome people that are willing to work, you know, like tirelessly for twenty four hours to turn around and send this to us so we can watch it subbed. So, you know, like let's not forget those people. Uh but like honestly, like 
guys, if you if you do not watch or, or read this show, like it really is that good that it does deserve this a movie so early. Like two years into it, two seasons, getting a third in 2018, a movie and a game really attests to how good this series is. I think it is a must read. And even if you don't like sub reading subtitles, it is in dub, so you don't have an excuse. You can go watch it in English. Get to it. So, yeah, uh, and talking about classics, we mentioned it earlier. Yu Yu Hakusho 25th anniversary is coming up. Can't believe it's been 25 years. Like I just finished rewatching it a couple of months ago. Like obviously it's a classic. Great show. Great show. Rev, I know you said you're in the middle of watching it. Yes. You, you left off on season three? Well, no. So I just finished the Togoro. So the Dark Tournament. I just finished the Dark Tournament. So it's like the beginning of season three. Yeah, season three. Dude, it gets so good after that. Like, I don't know. This particular season, in season three, I think I don't know what your thoughts are on it. Like, it... Like, it's good character building, but it's still kind of slow compared to, like, the Dark yeah. Tournament arc. It's, yeah. It definitely slows down in general. Um, once you get, like, four, five, um, once you kind of get into the demon world a lot more, it picks up. However, you can tell it's sort of sporadic and stuff, and that's when... Um, what's his name? Yeah. Uh, started kind of going wondering. crazy. Well, <laughs> yeah. They started, well, they started wanting him to finish the manga until he was like, "Okay, I'll finish it." Yeah. So, <laughs> it, it like it, it's a shame that like he was rushed and forced, but um, it's still like it's still revered as a classic and and definitely. Um, one of the greats within terms of like just animes, especially early animes, animes from the '90s. Really, it's always in that group. Like I can't think of anybody that doesn't put that on their list from '90s animes. So mm-hmm. I don't know. But anyway, so the 25th anniversary. Uh, you said there's a box set that's coming out. Yep. And included with that, there's going to be a new special for it in 2018. So we're getting new Yu Yu Hakusho content for the 25th anniversary. I'm excited. I'm so excited. They're coming out with. Uh, hopefully it's not a Kuwabara short because I will literally <laughs> knock anyone out that is within a two mile radius. He's, a, he's actually worse than the Oreo. <laughs> oh, oh man. Don't get me started on Kuwabara. Like, me and him have some issues. Every time he could have been so good. Yes, man. Instead, he's a when he thought he died. (laughs) Oh, honestly, that was the best movie (laughs) that I thought he died. Oh gosh, but anyways, um, so obviously we here at the table are gonna be getting it. Because uh, it's a classic, why not? And the 2018 special, Psh, you don't even have to tell us twice. Uh, but what about you guys? You're going to pick up the 25th anniversary. What are your favorite Yu Yu Hakusho moments? Go ahead, drop it in the comment section. Oh, um, but rolling with the theme of classics and new and upcoming, Jump Festa is happening as we are recording. 
Uh, lots of cool stuff is being announced. Lots of expected stuff. Uh, some unexpected stuff. So Rafiki. Yes. Uh, so. If you don't know what Jump Festa is, really, it's kind of a showcase, especially, well, and if you don't quite figure it out, like, it's happening in Japan. Um, so, but it's usually a showcase of a lot of uh, games coming out um, for the coming year. And so we, we've got some good ones that are coming, which obviously we've kind of touched on on one of them, which was My Hero Academia One's Justice, which is coming out for the PlayStation 4 and Switch. So this is the game that we were talking about. So um, most people are kind of I, before the news had released trailer just dropped. Um, and I think later we'll we'll end up sharing that to our page. But I just lost my train of thought. You know, don't you love that? You just in the middle of it. It really be your own brain cells. (laughs) But uh, anyways, um, I know when it first got announced and this got announced that they were going to talk about a game, I think about three weeks ago. And in doing so, a lot of people were kind of trying to figure out like, yo, is this going to be by the same people that made um, the Ninja, you know, the Storm games, the Naruto Ninja Storm games, is it a different company? Um, and it's not. And actually, at the at the moment, I don't remember the, the name of the company or, or do I have it pulled up in front of me. But uh, from kind of what we're looking at, it's almost like going to be like a, a battle arena style, but a lot bigger than because Storm kind of does that on a lot smaller scale like you can kind of move around a smaller arena but it looks like it's going to be a lot lot bigger from the way the trailer looks but to be honest I'm kind of glad that it's not a storm like a storm style game or at least the same company because we might have gotten storm 2.0 Loki like it might have been storm 2.0 you know just a, a reskin and and let's be honest it's, I, while storm is fun it's a button mashing game it really is a button mashing game with very minimal combos. Like, I mean, you can you can time you can time the fighting mechanics to make it work in your favor, but not enough like a Street Fighter or a Tekken where like you have to put your combos together, but or otherwise you know you're not gonna win. You can't you can't button mash your way through that. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. So um, I would like to have a little bit of a crossbreed where like maybe a little bit of button mashing, but you still gotta figure out your combinations quite a bit uh, where combinations will play a bigger role. So, but I don't, personally off the top of my head, I don't know too many games that kind of have that happy medium. If Mookie was here, he'd probably tell us like, hey, uh, these four games have this. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Uh, So, uh, that's why we keep him around uh, for stuff like that. Um, But, you know. And uh, lastly, uh, one more thing I wanted to touch. I mean, a lot of this, a lot of the Jump Festa stuff, we're not really going to go through because either it's been out for a while and maybe they're updating it for like the Switch or it's a deluxe version. So there's really not a lot here to talk about except for that and this last piece, which World uh, One Piece World Seekers, which is a new game. Trailer is set to uh, release tomorrow, so that would be Sunday. By the time you hear this episode, so yesterday, um, that's kind of meta the way I'm talking there. But uh, either way, with the screenshots that have been shown, it looks like this game might be open world. Now, how crazy 
would it be to have an open world One Piece game? First of all, like, I don't think, for those of you that have heard about One Piece but have not experienced it yourself, like, whether watching or reading it, like, even though it's, like, a planet similar to Earth, it really is an expansive planet. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's like, okay, we have to get to the Grand Line, only to find out there's a whole other continent in the Grand Line, only to get to the Red Line and figure that there's several other countries in there. That's essentially what it feels like. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel. However, like, um, but they kind of, like, it's expansive, but yet limited at the same time. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, they tell you immediately, like, there's four oceans. Which, apparently, there's a spot where they can supposedly all connect. Yep. And then you have the Grand Line, which runs in the middle of all of that. Well, there's a Grand Line, then there's a Red Line. But the Red Line is in... In the Grand Line. In the Grand Line. So, technically, it's like an equator that's been cut in half. So, like, Paradise in the New World? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like uh, a super utopia. Yeah. Well, uh, not really. Um, Um... Hmm. But it's not necessarily paradise. It that it's you have to experience it for yourself. Well, yeah, there was like paradise it's, was like until like chapter five hundred, and now they've been in like the new world for like. Since oh then. yeah, oh yeah. Paradise is the name the people in the new world okay. call the, the, the other the, half the first half. line. Yeah, uh, the first half because, because it was it's paradise. a lot easier to survive there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they were like, oh. That's actually, uh, I think I vaguely remember that. But anyways, so we're excited for that. Um, the trailer is not quite out yet as of this recording, but let's get to the good stuff. We're here to talk about The Last Jedi. Spoiler warning right now. If you have not seen The Last Jedi, we encourage you, turn back now. Not like rewind or like go back like a couple of frames I should probably audio, really like just, just just like pa- pause it pause it right now actually no don't pause it yet wait for my instructions then pause it <laughs> what's gonna happen is you're gonna pause it you're gonna go watch Star Wars The Last Jedi you're gonna watch it once maybe twice just so you can dissect like what's actually happening you're gonna come back unpause it and listen to the rest of the podcast or if you just like torturing yourself and you're like knowing about stuff, you can just listen to it anyways and then go watch it uh, with our voices already in your head about The Last Jedi. So, uh, if it's spoiled for you, it that's on you. So, uh, anyways, Star Wars The Last Jedi. Let's start with letter grades. Brian. A. A? Okay. I'm going B plus. I'm going B. I'm borderline B B plus. Um, it was first of all unexpected. <laughs> Let's just start with that. I'm sure you probably heard a lot of it. Uh, a lot of the directors and screenwriters are saying they're taking uh, turns that you uh, you wouldn't think they would take, and. As a lot of people have deemed The Force Awakens safe, The Last Jedi was the opposite. <laughs> 100%. 100%. <laughs> it literally, everything you thought was like, oh, so they're going to do this. They did not do that. <laughs> it's just like, oh, we can go here. Hey, how about we just go over here for a second real quick? Hey, just just follow me. Uh, so, ah, 
like, where do we even start? Like, there's so many turns that happen in here. Probably, okay, let's just, we're going to start from the beginning and run through it. One of the first kind of uh, things that where you just kind of like, wait a minute, what's happening here? In the beginning of the movie, uh, as they are leaving their base, obviously, uh, the M, not the Empire, first the order. First Order <laughs> shows up. And they're like, okay, cool, we got them on a string. So uh, the rebellion, they light, they they jump at light speed, and then all of a sudden, the first order catches up like right behind them. Kylo Ren's in his ship because he's all emotional. First of all, I'm glad he got rid of the helmet because that was just kind of weird. It's, like, it's cool with the hood on, but when the hood's off, it's I'm just true. looking at the back of the helmet. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Uh, at least with Vader, it went down to like his neck. It's not like uh, a girl with like a pixie cut or whatever. Um, no, more like a bob cut. Uh, same yeah. difference. Anyways. Pixie cut is like short, short. Uh, like, like super. I mean, like, like what like, what Katy Perry has now, what Miley Cyrus. All right, had. so put in the comment section. You <laughs> <laughs> know the difference between what a pixie cut and a pop. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but yeah, I'm glad he got rid of the helmet. And so, like, he they're attacking the the cruiser that the rebellion is on, and Kylo Ren like could take the shot at the like where all the top execs are. The for, leaders. Uh, the rebellion, but obviously he had like this force connection with his mom, which the way they did force connections was kind of weird in this one, at least for me, for a couple of key uh, aspects of it, which we'll touch on in a little bit. Um, but he's like, he like senses his mom, his mom senses him, and it's just like, he has his moments like, wait a minute, I can't pull a trigger. So, of course, someone else is like, nah, Kylo Ren messing up. <laughs> just, just shoot, just shoot. <laughs> Blow the entire cockpit open. And so Leia is floating in space, and I really thought, I was like, okay, this is so it. Carrie Fisher dies, and this is how y'all send her out. <laughs> like, this is the worst. Uh, no. All, no. All, all of a sudden, after, what, five movies, she uses the Force while she's floating in space to go to the door, because they just blew up the cockpit. They had sealed it off for the rest of the ship, so everyone else had oxygen still. She pulls herself to the door so they can open it and let her in. And doesn't use it after that for the rest of the movie. And now she can't because Carrie Fisher's dead. Morbid. <laughs> I mean, that's the reality. Yes, it's the reality, but like... That is the only time we'll ever see Leia use the Force. Even though... Maybe it was it, the death throes. Might have been subconscious. Yeah, yeah in her death throes, her subconscious was like... Pause. That she's been Force-sensitive and she just... She just she is she's always been well, I know she's been Force-sensitive, like... But I feel like if they were going to incorporate her being able to use the Force, maybe it should have been, like, earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Episode 6 out, like, at least. But that was, I don't know, that was one of my biggest things, like, wait a minute. Uh, But other than that, for me, uh, there were a lot of great plot points, um... Going back to the Force connection, like with Ray and Kylo Ren, <laughs> it was so weird how they, how they put that together. Uh, well, not how they put it together, but like with the cuts, it was very, at least jumpy for me. Now that's a little bit of nitpicking, but it was just weird how they done that. Like they've never really done it that way before in Star Wars, 
and not saying I'm a traditionalist. Like I like when people take a healthy amount of risks. Uh, but with that one, at least there was an explainer. Yeah, there there was an explainer. It it did like it's not like it just happened. Uh, but like they picked it up and ran with it because like everyone was doing that. Like it started with Kylo Ren and like uh, Leia, and then all of a sudden it's like Ray and Kylo Ren, and then. At one point, I'm pretty sure Kylo Ren and Luke had the same thing going on. Like, aside from their battle at the end of the film, which we won't ruin just yet. Uh, well, I mean, you've already seen it, so we wouldn't ruin it. Uh, I don't know. It's something about it. Like, yeah, it's different, but I don't know. It just felt weird how it happened. What about you guys? I think they really bought in to, like, the external force theory mm-hmm. so like that force is like this external thing that you only like can, manipulate like, channel yeah the channel which that's kind of what they've always had that like it's yes. yeah i think as far as what i remember from just even in the movies that's just, like that's been the clearest explanation mm-hmm. we've ever gotten but that's how I've always treated it anyways, that it was a connection between all living things. Yeah. Yeah. Just so. ignoring the whole prequel episode one thing. Yes. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. <laughs> really being your own guys. MCL. Anyone? <laughs> yeah. Where did those go? But, um, they, uh, so that was a very important part of this movie, I think. Um, obviously the other thing was like this movie is a transfer movie mm-hmm. lots of transferring of like roles in this movie you have no spoilers but you know it is spoilers yeah, it's spoilers. It's spoilers so like if, you, if it spoils the movie then like yeah it's on you, you. it's on you um, you have like Ray becoming the new Luke you have Poe becoming the new Leia and you have Finn like being the new Han which, one of the things that I do like about that, uh, it's so fitting that from at the beginning of The Force Awakens, I was just like, we gotta see more of my boy Poe Dameron. And I'm so glad that he is now, like, the leader of the yeah. Rebellion. Because whenever it first, uh, like, the beginning of The Last Jedi, where after the whole shenanigans of like blowing up like the big uh, bomber, the uh, dreadnought. Yeah, the dreadnought. Um, <clears throat> Poe got like demoted or whatever, and it's just like I'm like this dude like has to be in the rebellion, like especially whenever it was pointed out like uh, what's her name, the uh, the new the, the vice admiral. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. remember her name either. Yeah, right. Uh, whenever I. Like, first of all, everyone can kind of tell, like, okay, there, there's going to be, like, some conflict there or whatever. Uh, but it's, like, ultimately it's, like, leading to Poe, like, commanding the Rebellion. Uh, like, his his coming of age type of yeah. thing. Like, he's always been the uh, spunky go-getter pilot that, like, I can do anything. With a mouth. With a mouth. Like, yeah, with a mouth. Essentially Anakin and Luke, like, in their earlier years. <laughs> Like, uh, one thing well, I did yeah. one thing I did enjoy about like the difference between the two films because obviously with the two films it was about building Rhea and I mean Ray and Finn mm-hmm. now it's that shift of now we're building Ray 
and Poe. So there was like that that transition of like Ray is going to be that focus, mm-hmm. but shifting like between the trio. It's you know we're we're hitting two different parts of the triangle yeah. while still keeping that focus on on Ray. So I did appreciate that. I do like that. So we got to know a lot more about Poe and really how what makes him tick and how yeah. does things. So, um, one of the things that uh, kind of jumping ahead here, <coughs> jumping ahead here. So uh, during the climax of the film, the comes from, from, oh, well, okay. which like, climax is what I no. There must have been like. Four or five climaxes like, oh, yeah. from oh, yeah. half the movie on. It was all like <laughs> I, was, nope. I was like I was climax? like is this it? Nope, 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 nope. Like new peak, new peak, uh, new peak. The, another peak. <laughs> when I thought they were going to make it oh, to yeah. the base the first time, I'm like, yo. No, no. First like, it's like okay, okay so like, so first it's like, all right, this is the climax scene. Uh, it's going to be that whole. Uh, Finn and Rose thing. Okay? That's it. And, like, Ray's gonna come at the end of the movie. That's it. Okay. Now it's going to be uh, this escape to the base thing. And that's gonna be the climax scene. And... Nope, nope. Then there's a battle. Then there's a battle and all that. Okay. Now there's gonna be this climax scene where they're gonna defend... Somehow find a way to defend... Base. This is the base. Nope, 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 nope. That's not it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the one I'm specifically referring to um, was whenever... Dang. It's a, the... the No, when they were on the, the first climax. So you're talking about when they invade the... Snoke shit? Um, no, no, yeah, 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 yeah. So after uh, they, after Kylo Ren, uh, uh, essentially. The betray uh, me? The betray yeah, me scene? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> while, while we were in the theater, uh, so first of all, the choreography of the Kylo Ren and Ray team up was. Was phenomenal. Oh my goodness. Fantastic. Fantastic. In that all red room was just so... Oh, God, it was so sick. Uh, But uh, after that, it's just like, okay, so Ray was writing her vision. Like, he did turn on Snoke. First of all, I can do my dude like that. Oh, that was... In his Gucci (laughs) (laughs) robe. He was... uh, He's a... It was an interesting use of such a powerful character. Yeah. Like, built him all up for what? (laughs) Just to get stabbed in the back and not even, like... I think this was meant to obviously propel Kylo, uh, yes. Kylo Ren for the next movie. Yes. Well, yeah, but, but still, it, that's, it, that's it was, like it was a marginal waste of, like... It, not, see, pretty it much was, a waste of... It was still Martha, but it was close. <laughs> I like to say. That, that's a... That's, that's a tall... Yep, yep, that's bold. <laughs> like, so, like, they were essentially trying to, like... I do a shift in a movie. Which the shift was going to happen yes. anyways. Uh, they had a better setup. Oh, then, then, then again, it was no Martha. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is it with that? Like, after uh, they defeated all of them, like we said, beautiful choreography, great fight scene, um, very Star Wars, uh, yes. if you ask me. That's probably one of the safest things they did in that movie. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh 
But whenever they were having the force tug of war for the lightsaber that Ray had, uh, and it ended up shattering. That was so insane. Yeah. The thing is, like, where do they go from now? Are they going to go back to Maz Kanata so she can repair it? Uh, is At she that point, back, you know you don't. Is she going to go back for Luke's lightsaber? Because is she no going to? Is she going to know where it is? Because I would think that Luke had it on him with the island. Yeah. Maybe he'll teach her how to build one. Mm-hmm. Force connection. And shout out say, to bringing Yoda back into this. Yes. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit awkward. It, it was, was good. Weird, but it's not it was, as awkward as Remaster hating Christensen in episode six. Not that awkward, but yes, it was awkward. But, uh, yeah, so at this point, like, what is she going to do with her lightsaber? Like, I think, this is, this is what I think. I think really to be on her journey, she's going to have to find her own kyber crystal. Like, I, I think that's what she's going to have to do, mine it herself. Because, um, I mean, generally that's what all Jedis do, or mine their own kyber crystal. And then, um, you know, obviously, it then... I don't know, it activates to you or whatever. Not saying that and no one else can't use it, but isn't that how it works, right? You mine yeah. your own I mean, and... You know, I, I don't know the specifics of how they work after that. I know people can still use it, obviously, because Grievous yeah. and other people could use other people's lightsaber. But, yeah. But, but then, like, I, I know on the Sith side, for them, once they kill a Jedi, they, they drain it or whatever, changing it to red. They basically bleed it out. Mm-hmm. They bleed it out. That's why it's red. So, um, that's how you become from a young Sith to a Sith master, right? Something like that. Um, but I think that's going to be an interesting plot point uh, in episode nine. Uh, how she's going to go about it. If they are going to end up repairing it, does that mean Finn's going to get that lightsaber? Because he can use a lightsaber. He did in episode seven. Obviously, we didn't get that in the Last Jedi, um, but we'll. I will. I will say. Th- I will say this. It looks like we will have some cohesion from here on out because is his name Ryan Johnson, the guy who directed yeah, yeah, yeah. this yes, film. Ryan Johnson. Yes. The guy. So he directed this film. He's actually set to direct the next one, yes. next episode, and then he gets his own trilogy after that. Oh, okay. I thought J.J. Abrams was back for episode nine. No, he no, he no, he just did se- he just did seven, and he, he he even had said like he wants someone to put their own stamp on it, and then there was a rumor floating around for a while that George Lucas was supposed to do nine, but I think I'm Dis- okay with him not doing that after the prequels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but then again, he may have fresh ideas because he's been removed for so long. So, uh, but I believe Ryan Johnson is set to finish nine, and then he gets his own. Tr- uh, uh, trilogy. Nope, nope. So. At this point, it looks like actually J.J. Abrams. Oh, is it? That's what so I that I'd heard is he was coming back for nine. For nine. Uh, will we like? Will we Either get enough cohesion? I think they both did a good job, so I'm excited for nine, uh, regardless. Honestly, with because J.J. Uh, Abrams was a fan of Star Wars, yeah. You know, and when he kind of took the helm, no one had done anything with Star Wars for about, like, ten years? Was it? Yeah. All right. Um, like, anywhere from, like, eight to ten years or whatever. 
I'm not sure. I don't remember when episode three came out. 2005, I think. 2005? So I think okay, it was yeah, 10, so years. 10 years. Okay. Um, and so maybe now with Ryan Johnson's development, uh, he's obviously done some great stuff with Star Trek. I think it would be interesting to see him like jump back in with what's already been set up and see where he goes from there. But um, obviously lots of great stuff to happen. What is like one of your guys' favorite moments from The Last Jedi? Wait, you said what was that? Your like favorite moments from The Last Jedi? Oh, jeez. Uh, probably one of the scenes that was just like everybody had to gasp was when the light's beating into the other ship. Like, that whole scene was just, like, masterful. Like, in such a way that I don't think we've ever seen before. Honestly, I would have been okay if the film ended right there. <laughs> I, mean, I don't I think anybody see would see how Ray got out, but yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. Okay. and that would have been the biggest cliffhanger too. Like that, that, that would be like the ultimate cliffhanger, like right there. But golly, like, and to have it so silent. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh, and just the visuals. It just looked so pretty, and then everything blows up. It's like, oh my gosh. Uh, where are you, Brian? That was one of them. Uh, the. Especially before the reveal, but the Luke fight, like yeah. Especially after he focuses all the fire on him, he's just like, <laughs> yeah, just brushes his shoulders. He's off. like, boy, you thought. And, and uh, well, go ahead, Phil. What's your? Oh. Yeah, definitely the light speed through. Because like when it was happening, you're like, is. Is that what she's thinking? <laughs> oh, really? Like, and then, like, and then, like, like, the like projectile. It's like, and up until this point, obviously, that's never been like a thought. Like, what if yeah. someone did that? Like, at least I've never thought. thought what if it. someone actually light jumped like into it's a ship? Because you always just assume that, kind of like in a more sci-fi type thing, it's kind of like going into a portal, and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, just like light, like light years away. Nope. <laughs> well, we found out what happened. Like, and we didn't know we needed to see that until it happened. <laughs> it was like, oh my gosh. Oh, uh, so genius. For, but for me, yeah, all those are great. Uh, but I'm still loving the Kylo Ren and Rey team up that happened. Because it's uh, not necessarily unexpected. But at the same time, he's like, wait, this is actually happening. Like, what's going on? <laughs> and so, and just so beautifully choreographed. Um, and just watching them take down every, it's. I don't think we've gotten a team-up like that since Obi-Wan and Anakin. And it's just so great that they were able to have, like, people who are... You not used to the force, but are users of the force with lightsabers team up to take down enemies. And um, if we're going chronologically, since Revenge of the Sith, so that would be the equivalent of five movies. Yeah, yeah, because we haven't had like two force wielding lightsaber users in years. But also, one of my biggest qualms that we really didn't get was, like, 
which, I mean, we had talked about, obviously, after the film, was a classic lightsaber to lightsaber fight. Yeah. Because even that last scene, even though, like, Luke versus Kylo Ren, which... He was more of, like, an apparition. Like and and apparition. it really it really didn't have quite, like, that feel. Even if he was an apparition, like, it, it yeah. really was never a saber-to-saber fight. Yeah, at he was all. just messing with them the whole time. Yeah, it, well, it was, was a, funny, it, was, it was a lot of dodging and a lot of smack talk. Like, like that's what that fight was, and that's what it's memorable for. Uh, not to mention old man Mark Hamill pulling a you know a, a Matrix. So like that's the, the, what is going there. to be like. That's what that fight will be remembered for, and the most WTF moment. Of that film. Yeah, like, I'm just saying, like, Kylo Ren caught the slickest juke of 2017. And <laughs> I will say this, movie. like, even um, uh, even looking at that, like, they hinted at it so hard. And and you, I know you remember that because uh, Jose and I were, yeah. we were talking and we caught it. But there are three times that they focused on footprints in that film. From the time they got to the island. Mm. The first time was when they got out of the trench. Yeah. And you see, oh, man, he steps. And, and then it looks, you know, oh, it's salt. salt. Second time, you Kylo Ren's feet. He makes a sliding posture when he makes his move. And you see the mark. Then it shows Luke doing it. But there's no print. And that was like five minutes before the reveal. So it's kind of like... It's one of those things like yeah, you, you should have, have seen it coming. Yeah, yeah. It. and and the crazy thing is, I've only seen it once and I caught it, but it didn't like it, it didn't, didn't process. Register. Yeah, it didn't yeah. register. I was it, like, you have to do that's weird. Like, yeah, because he looked at it and was like, hmm, where's the red? That's all I. That's all I thought was like, there's no red. And then it's like, and oh, that, oh well. Well, there, there's my answer. Yeah. You know, there's my answer. Like, maybe he's just really light on his feet. That's true, but so like to to say like. They gave us those hints, but still, it was such a big reveal. It's crazy. And, uh, and then, of course, all the shooting at him, and like it wasn't like it looked like he deflected it. It just looked like I was, he just he just handled it. I was really hoping, like, and obviously because he had shut himself off from the force, um, so he wasn't as like accustomed as he used to be engrossed in it. I was really hoping that all those blasts, he just like. Not even like waves a hand, it just all of a sudden it just like stops, kind of like Kylo <laughs> Ren did when Poe shot at him in episode seven. Just like all these blasts just stop, and they're just like, Wait a minute! <laughs> and Luke's like, See what we're not about to do, <laughs> and he just like deflects them all back. I was really hoping that's the route they're going, but it would be either way, like all of that was sick. Like, though, those final like. 10, 15 minutes were nice. However, can we talk about this girl, Rose, trying to steal a kid before trying to die? Like, <laughs> <laughs> our theater was like, our theater was like, what? Like, like, wait a minute. I don't think, I don't think there was a single person that didn't make a sound when that happened. Because we were just like, huh? Wait. No, 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 no. And I thought my homie Finn was trying to be with Ray, but then Rose was trying to be with Finn. And then Poe at the end is like, hey, I'm Poe. Like, like, and, and it didn't strike me that Poe and Ray Ritten, never, never actually, actually, met. actually yeah. had an interaction, even at the end of episode yeah. seven. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, they never actually. Because, like, they were on the same base. Like, Finn was yes. knocked out. Yes. But, so, um,. And after the movie, obviously, going and reading some of the reviews, first of all, it has a 94% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Yeah. 
Um, but the audience approval rating is 60%. Listen, Ryan Johnson split Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't understand. Uh, a lot, and it's not just like new, like new, like Star Wars fans versus old Star Wars fans. Yeah. It's like split. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people. Yeah, there's like, there's old people that love it and old people that hate it, and same on the new new generation side. Like either, and and obviously for us, we're not necessarily split. We're definitely on the side of it was very very enjoyable. It was a good movie, not amazing, yeah, not not like spectacular, yeah, like that, and, but, but it was still a good film. And like ninety four percent on Rotten Tomato, IGN gave it like a nine point seven five. I wonder, like IGN, like sometimes, yes. are they truly they credible? Like, what, what, what was seven what out of ten? Too much water. Too much water for a Pokemon game with a water Pokemon on the front. Like, yeah. how? Like, how do you? Like, what do you expect? Oh, we're gonna find uh, Kyogre in a lava pit, even though he's a sea monster. You know, we're not gonna talk about that right now. Like, they do Beyond some gay stuff, but like, go ahead and reading through some of the reviews. Um, a lot of people generally did like the film, aside from most of Twitter, but most of Twitter is trolls anyways. Um, one of the things that they did point out is this is the first forward-looking Star Wars film that we have. Uh, forward in the sense that everything else has always been what's happened in, in the past. past. Yeah, and they this was, like this was the nail in the coffin of the old. Like, honestly. Uh, I mean, and one was obviously forced by, you know, Mother Nature itself, or, you know, good old time. Um, so, you know, rest in peace, Carrie Fisher. So, like, you really can't, you, from now on, you cannot go really go back to that character. Luke's now gone. We obviously saw Han drop. The only person, really, that we can say we can go back to the past is, is Chewie. But Chewie was never really, like, yeah. Chewie was there, but... Not really there, you know. Yeah, so speak. Yeah. So and 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 Chewie's that 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 progressive type of character. Yeah. He's like, you know, we we moving on. Like you did some dumb stuff, but you know, we we can't deal with that right now. Like <laughs> all those conversations he had with Han. He's like, man. Right. And also at the same time, uh, while it is forward looking, uh, also one of the big uh, things they were teasing prior to the movie was Ray's parents. And obviously the reveal being that they were absolutely nobody. They were just junk traders. Uh, as Kylo Ren put it, probably trader for some booze money or something like that. Uh, and reading through some of these, um, I forget the article that I was reading, but talking about like the reveal of Ray's parents and why that's a good thing for Star Wars, uh, them being nobodies, is because it then opens up Star Wars for more characters being brought to the forefront because... Everything else has always been about the Skywalker family. Yeah. So now we have a new line of families being brought to the forefront who are going to be the heroes. And even at the end, when we have the kid that they showed earlier in the movie that all of a sudden just has force powers, <laughs> it is like, wait a minute. Uh, so how is he going to play into episode nine? Is it just going to be one of those things that... I, I th- uh, I to to your question. I don't. I think that it it's was, not. It was, it was more of a rhetorical question. I wasn't uh, at, looking for an answer. Um, well, I was going to give it a theory, but you well, know, yeah, yeah. But um, and just now we have all these other players that essentially almost have nothing to do with the Skywalkers that are going to be at the forefront. 
And that's obviously a good thing because we don't want a franchise to keep retrying the same thing using the same players. Technically, it's more like one of those things where, like, we're moving forward, but yet we're. It's like the more things change, the more they stay the same. Because wasn't it in the first one that they had a young, they had a school like of people that were force wielders who weren't the Skywalker bloodline, mm-hmm. which we never truly got to expand because we know um, Anakin happened. But you know, so uh, it's really like even though it's a way of moving forward, it's almost a way of looking back to in kind of that weird meta way. So, like they say, the more things change, the more they kind of stay the same. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we're dealing with here. But, yeah. So, lots of great stuff from The Last Jedi. Like we said, General Consensus, it was a good movie. wasn't great. took a lot of risks. Lots of uh, moments where we just like, wait a minute. That just happened. Um, but, go ahead. Let us know what you thought of The Last Jedi. What grade would you give it? What were some of your qualms with it? What were some of your favorite moments? Who was your breakout character of the movie? Drop in the comment section. Um, I think that almost wraps it up for our show. Uh, Before we hop off here, uh, we want to go ahead and take a moment and introduce something a little bit new. Uh, We love hearing from you guys, and we love it when you send us questions. Um, so every so often we want to take some time on our podcast to go ahead and discuss a question that was posed to us throughout the week, um, because we love hearing what you guys have to say, um, and maybe point some new stuff out to us. Maybe we're able to help you clarify something. Um, but this week we got a question from, uh, Josh Foreman. First of all, thanks for, uh, sending us a question, Josh. Um, in regards to Kingdom Hearts, now, as you know, there are a lot of us on here that love Kingdom Hearts. It can be super convoluted at times, especially with their uh, chron- like chronology that they have going yeah. on in game timelines. Before we... Random. And because Mookie's not here, Monsters, Inc. has been revealed. Just saying that. Yeah. Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, but- <laughs> I had to throw it in there. I had to do it. <laughs> right. Had to do it. For the one time. Um, so Josh had email, emailed us in regards to Kingdom Hearts, specifically uh, Birth by Sleep and the correlation between uh, Sora and Vanitas. And so um, I'll just go ahead and read what you say. Hey, got a huge question about Kingdom Hearts, Sora, Ven, and Vanitas' relation. Why does Sora have the face of Vanitas? Every answer online is wrong. Uh, they say it's because Sora and Ven merged, but Vanitas took the image of Sora before Ven merged with Sora's unborn heart. Uh, so is it really that Sora took the image of Vanitas due to the once dark side of Ven that has fused with Sora? Uh, clear this up because the series is starting to make less sense. Uh, so, yeah. Thanks for your question, Joss. It is does get super convoluted uh, at some points because um, it's just like okay, 
How is who related to what? Wait, you mean they went back in time for a game and they ran into our main characters, so they aren't the first Keyblade wielders? So, yeah, everything gets super complicated. Uh, and Actually, uh, you could go Hearts. back to the beginning of time within Kingdom Hearts, which there were lots of Keyblade wielders, but... Yeah, but we're not yeah, focusing we're, on that's, that. That's not yeah, what yeah, this yeah. needs to focus on. So, um, really to get at where, where it asks, so really, we're looking back... 10 years from the current the from the storyline that started Kingdom Hearts. So that's where Birth by Sleep lies. So those are quote unquote for us at this given point in time the first quote unquote Keyblade wielders. Now there there is a little bit of a backstory that happened before the game's coming for then specifically. Yeah. Um because him and Xehanort Xehanort was doing some shady stuff um and really I think I don't remember exactly what happened, what he did to Ven, but essentially like shattered his heart. Okay. Yeah, he removed the darkness. From he him. removed the darkness from him. Now think about it. You still have the uh, Kyrie, uh, yeah, Kyrie, Riku, and Sora, little kids. Like at this point, they're essentially like four or five years old. Well, no, that might even be too far ahead. Um, at this point, like super young Sora, I think. Uh, because essentially when you're looking at it, there are two times that their hearts interact. That first time, I don't even know if Sora was quite born yet or if he was like super little. He he might, he would have, but here's the thing. Even before the second time, well, we don't, let's say this. We don't know how much time has passed between that and when the games really happen. Mm-hmm. It could, and, and. Well, Let's be one thing we can say for sure is Xehanort had been planning this for a long time. Yeah. That that part's a given. But if you ask me, I would say with how the timeline kind of looks, maybe about a year. Realistically speaking, that he's been able to actually like get the plan moving. So with that being said, um because actually, I think they even said he was he had been missing for a few months. Er, no, he dropped. No, no, no. Ven had only been there for a few months. He dropped him at their doorstep. So it must have happened just before uh, Xehanort brought him back. Remember, they dropped him at his doorstep. So it must have just happened. So then that means we still have a four or five year old Sora ish. So yes, a young Sora, but not very old. So that means. Because there's even a conversation between the two, um, even though they don't meet. So essentially, because his heart is broken, needs a heart to fill it while it repairs, thus bringing in Sora. And then you bring the action. So essentially, what we're saying is because the main heart, I, I think the best way to say it is because Sora is the glue that's holding Ven's heart together that nobody or that other piece is why it looks like Sora. And, and part of what Josh's question was was because at this point when the darkness was extracted from Ven's heart, Venetus was already then created. Um, so yeah, even though the link that is established there is uh, the main catalyst for why Venetus dons the face of Sora, um, it still kind of creates a, like that disconnect. Is like, okay, yeah, the darkness was extracted, Venetus is now a being. We don't see his face until the end of the, the games, um, but he's already his own person. Then how is it that when then they connect their hearts that 
his face is then donned as Soros, if you get what I'm saying. Um, in an interview that Tetsuya Nomura did, um, he was talking about how, uh, yes, confirming that it is because that their heart's connected, and a lot of people are saying that, but no one's quite explained how that connection does, like, logically affect, well, and obviously logically affect, because it's like uh, a game. Uh, but Tetsuya Nomura also said that before their hearts connected, Venetus was more of a humanoid-like heartless. So he's already he's kind of like a blank copy, and so a lot of theories flowing around uh, that actually up until all this time, up until the final confrontation between Ben and Venetus, he might have just been faceless, uh, faceless, and just donned the face of Sora at that particular moment. And thus onwards, or if he's only donning that face for the battle, if that makes sense. But at some point, he was just faceless, is what it sounds like. Which that can, I can see that. Because especially, and that's one thing I think that's held true really for a lot of things. Because we'd come to know that anybody, like, so it's one of those things like Ven has a strong heart, but doesn't have a strong heart at the same time like it's it's really weird because um anybody that turns you know into a heartless gets a nobody like version which then again like even still that's when you take it that far back it's a little muddy but when looking in the current timeline that we're in so obviously we know when Sora turned into a heartless his nobody created which then also Ven's heart was residing inside Sora that's why Roxas looks like Sora, and that's, but that's not what we're dealing with. But you still get a lot of people that have to have nobodies that are faceless. They're just entities. Mm-hmm. But somebody with a strong heart. So, like, I guess maybe, like, could it be one of those things where, like, Ven is the special and he sits, like, in that in-between realm where, like, he's strong enough to have a nobody, like a humanoid nobody, but not give it a face till Sora comes in? Does that make sense? Yeah, and like we said, like it, at this point, a lot of it is just speculation until Tetsuya Nomura like comes out and definitively says like because this is what happened, it caused this, which caused this. And I here's the thing: I think we may be jumping the gun because the reason we're jumping the gun, Ven's not awake. Ven's still asleep. The moment he sees Sora. What if a confrontation there happens immediately from the first time he sees Sora? What if they start fighting? That might be our explainer. Yeah, that might. That might be our explainer. So I think while it's good to theorize, we may be jumping the gun because three is set to conclude the saga. Mm-hmm. So knowing that Ven's still asleep, hasn't woken up. So essentially the last thing he's seen is Venetus. So imagine waking up and the first person he sees is Sora. I don't know, theory, thought, so. So, yeah. Uh, but anyways, um, once again, thanks for the question, Josh. Um, anyone else listening, what are your thoughts? Uh, what have you heard concerning Vanitas and Sora and their connection? Uh, like always, let us know in the comment section below. Um, 
once again, guys, thanks for joining us for the last podcast episode of the year. Uh, thanks to Rev and to the Sharp Accountant uh, for hopping on this episode. It's always a pleasure having you guys on here. Um, we got a lot of cool things coming. Make sure you're following us on all social media. Our Facebook page is www.facebook.com backslash even more about nothing. We are on Instagram, even more about nothing. Uh, our Twitter is emanpodcast1. Uh, our Snapchat, which we failed to use this week for Star Wars, is emanp1. We will use it eventually. Now that I'm done with school, we will use it more. I promise you that. Um, also, we are four episodes away from our 100th episode. Uh, you guys voted. Uh, your voices have been heard. We will be doing a live stream for our 100th episode. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, once the new year kicks in, we'll start uh, we'll, we'll divulging post, yeah. more information about what's going to happen, uh, when we'll go live. Uh, we will still have the audio tracks that will be going up on like uh, SoundCloud and iTunes and Google Play. Um, so don't worry about that. Still normal formats. We'll just be adding that special content there for you as well. So be sure uh, to tune in, send questions beforehand so that we can answer anything you guys have wanted to know uh, while we're recording the podcast. Or save them up till the live episode because and that'll be that'll be one of our more interactive episodes. And we definitely, definitely want everybody to show up so we can uh, interact yeah. with you guys, find out who all our fans are, put faces to names, names to faces, the whole shebang. So, so yeah. Um, anyways, that's it for 2017. Uh, it, it, it's almost fitting. Like, I really just want to throw in, like, uh, the Yu Yu Hakusho theme song as we're, like, fading out. Because <laughs> classic. Love the theme song. Every time I hear it, 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 it it's... I'm awesome. not trying to get sued before we're bought by Disney. I know. I know. That's why I said that would be cool. But I know we're not going to do it. Um... But yeah. Maybe. Just the instrumental for 10 seconds. <laughs> no, I think we're good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Phil. <laughs> yes. Uh, but anyways, that's it for 2017. The next time you'll hear our voices will be in 2018. Have a great New Year's, guys. And enjoy Christmas. Hopefully you got your shopping done. I haven't. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, people. We will see you guys later, unless you had something else to what, say. Next year. No, I mean. I'm, well, yeah, we can I'm, actually say I'm, that. I'm out, I'm out of words. Okay. I, anyways, we will see you guys next year in 2018.